Welcome back to Spectrum Sundays, where we introduce professionals and self-advocates who play an important role in the autism community. And we also love to highlight the women behind the Miss America organization and showcase all that they do for our communities. And this week, we are so excited and honored to welcome back my sister queen, Miss Greater Juniata Valley, Abigail Bachman. Thank you for being with us again today, Abby. Of course. Thanks for having me. So in our original interview, you mentioned that you have been competing in the Miss America organization for about five or six years. So I wanted to ask you, what has been your favorite memory competing so far? Probably the friendships that I've made. I have always had girlfriends, but I've never truly stayed in contact with them. Um, especially since I went to college, I lost a lot of my high school friends. We just went our separate ways. But competing in the Miss America organization has brought so many friendships to my life, some that I talk to on the daily, some that I look forward to having in my future wedding in a long, long time. Um, but I think friendships, for sure. And I always ask the same question to people who have competed years ago and they say oh my sister queen was in my wedding and um you know this friend that i competed with she was at my baby shower and so it's so cool to see that the sisterhood that was there years ago is still here today so definitely the sisterhood and the memories i've made with all of those girls and friends i love that and something very recently that miss america has kind of pushed forward is that sisterhood aspect and I think this year, more than ever before, maybe it's because of quarantine and us not being able to connect in person, we have really built such a strong community behind our title holder. So I'm so glad that that's been the same experience for you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, since you explained to us before that you have been with this organization for going on five years, which is very incredible and impressive. What has been your favorite experience or what is most important to you about being Mrs. Miss Greater Juniata Valley? I think since this is my fifth year, I've always wanted to work with the director I have now, John Metzger. Um, I actually, his daughter, she used to have her own pageant. It was the Miss Midstate pageant. And that was my very first Miss America local competition. And I remember going in and I, didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I was walking in this bathing suit, barely any tanner on. I don't know if I had an eyelash on or not. My hair was crazy. I had no clue what I was doing. And they kept encouraging me. They were like, come back, you know, do another one, do another one. And finally, um, I went on, I did John's the next weekend right after Lisa's. Um, I did John's and didn't win. I got a talent award, which was awesome. And then I went on and the next weekend I competed and I won my first local title as Miss White Rose City. And so that was the first year that I went to Miss Pennsylvania. I've always kept in contact with him. He's always been a great support system. I've competed at his pageant many times and I finally won. So being Miss Greater Juniata Valley, um, when they announced my name, it was a very rewarding moment of my life because I have worked so hard and I was finally able to be one of his title holders. So I was super excited about that. But definitely the area has been very welcoming. 
I've done a few appearances there. I've spread more information about my social impact initiative, early autism awareness there. They're very welcoming, they're great, and they have a lot of history there. So I used to, on my social media, do a where am I? And the first post I would do was just kind of getting some of my followers to guess. And then the following day I would post where I was. And it was great to be able to go and find different things that I might not have known were there in the Juniata Valley. And um, since COVID, I haven't been able to go out, but I look forward to getting more pictures soon and posting more about it. And that's something that's so cool, Abby, about the connections that we make as title holders. It's the mentorships and the leadership that we get to experience. And I think that goes to show how important those leadership aspects are. And, you know, they help mold us into the young women that we can be and that we hope to be. So that's something that's really special about the organization as well. Um, so I also wanted to ask you about um, what advice you might share for someone that might be wanting to get involved in the Miss America organization? Sure. So I guess kind of going back to how I got involved, I knew of the Miss America pageant. I knew that it was on TV, but I didn't ever think, how do these girls get there? How do, who chooses them? How do they get up there? And I competed at a hometown pageant. It wasn't a local competition for the Miss America organization. It was just Miss Hanover area. It was put on by the Hanover area JCs. And our director was Rachel Mummert. And Rachel Mummer is a good friend of mine. She's a local photographer in the area. And she was also a local title holder a few years ago in the Miss America organization and in Pennsylvania. She's actually a past Miss Greater Juniata Valley, which I think is super special that I get to share that with her. Um, but she said, I, I got a dress from the bridal suite. And she was like, you need to compete in the Miss America organization. I was like, what? No way. I'm not going up on TV in front of all these people. And she explained it to me and she took the time to inform me about what it was. And she goes, you need to do Miss York County. I was like, okay, so do I just like walk in there and I'm going to win? And she's like, well, maybe, you know, try a few out, see if you like it. And, you know, sometimes girls do multiple pageants and then they finally win one. So then she told me about Mid-State. I went and I signed up and I was actually in a Halloween parade. I was Miss Hanover area on the back of this Corvette and her and her kids were on the corner and I, I, I'm waving and she goes, Abby, Abby. And I remember saying, Rachel, I signed up for Miss Mid-State as I'm just going down. And she was so excited and she's cheered me on ever since. Now I babysit her kids and they're such great family friends. She's taken my headshots a few times, but definitely if I was to give anyone advice, I would hope to do the same thing that Rachel did for me, was to sit down and inform people that it's more than just a pageant. It's not a beauty competition. It's scholarships. It's amazing friendships. It's service. And she took the time to do that with me. And I hope one day I'm able to do that with someone else and share my experiences and show them my old crowns and sashes. Mm -hmm. I remember going over to her house and I was like, so do you like let anyone try on these crowns? Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, that's bad luck. We don't do that. <laughs> but I remember seeing all of her sashes. And when I won Miss Greater Juniata Valley, I texted her. I was like, hey, 
I just won your old title, you know, we're pretty much sister queens and that kind of thing. So I'm so fortunate that I was able to have such an amazing mentor like her and still have her in my life to cheer me on and, and help me out if I ever need. That's really beautiful. I think you've mentioned a lot of really great support systems, your family, your director, and then Rachel. I wanted to know who is your biggest supporter throughout your journey as Miss Great uh, as Miss Greater Juniata Valley or just in general through the Miss America organization. I am so blessed to have such an incredible support system. My mom has 12 brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. All of those brothers and sisters got married, have multiple kids. Now their kids are getting married and having kids of their own. And I know every one of them by name. I know every one of them. And we see each other throughout the entire year. I've had such an amazing support system of aunts and uncles and cousins and um, second cousins who have come and cheered me on with signs at Miss Pennsylvania. They follow all my social media accounts. They comment on things. They share things. They help me fundraise. They're supportive. And I don't think that I'd be able to do this for as many years if I didn't have them because they take so much time and they care so much. And I know that they truly love me. Um, Rachel is a huge support system as well, but I definitely wouldn't be able to do it without my mom, my dad, and my Aunt Mary. They're my true support systems. They're there every step of the way, every dress rehearsal, every fitting, every social media post. They're always there. They're cheering me on. They're telling me if it looks good, if it doesn't look good, how I can improve. Um, and it's endless love and support. And I wouldn't have been able to do this without them um, or any of my support systems. I love that so much. And I had no idea that your family was so big. <laughs> yes, yes. We have a huge family. We have campouts every single summer. So I have some family that live in Texas, Colorado, Ohio, California, Pennsylvania. And every summer we pick someone's house of where to go and we all fly in or drive in. We meet there and we spend a long weekend together. And so it's great. You see new babies every year. People are always <laughs> getting married. We have so many weddings. I've met people throughout my life and they say, I don't know my aunt. I don't know my uncle. I've never been to a wedding. I'm a pro. I've been to so many <laughs> weddings. I, it's, it's always a party and it's always so much fun. It's always filled with love and um, support for everyone. And so I don't know where I'd be without my family. That's amazing. You're certainly blessed. And I, you know, we're sitting here talking about how much COVID has disrupted our life. And obviously, you're not able to do those family functions probably as much or at least travel as much. So in this past spring and summer, what are some activities and new hobbies that you maybe picked up on that you've really enjoyed? Well, I haven't been able to truly pick up a new hobby because I've been big, busy with my internship and um, just trying to get everything organized with future applications and that kind of thing. But I have spent a lot of time with my dog, Tucker. <laughs> Him and I love each other. He was actually with me in college for a few years and he is one of my best friends. He's awesome. So I've spent a lot of time with him. Um, I've worked out a lot. I like to put a lot of my time into bettering myself and bettering my future. So I've spent a lot of the time 
working on that and helping me get ahead. That's awesome. And you mentioned in our previous interview that, or we asked you about disability discussion, and we talked a little bit about how you recently interviewed someone that has a service dog. Is Tucker certified, or is that something that you might pick up as a hobby to get him certified? So I actually found him, and I was studying therapeutic recreation at the time, and my mentor had, um, she was training her dog to be a therapy dog, and it just got certified, and her name was Jandy. And I love Jandy. And I was like, you know what? I should get a dog to be a therapy dog, you know? And I found Tucker and it started off wanting him to be a therapy dog. And then I realized he has way too much energy. He has way too much love to give. He wouldn't really be good working with um, any kind of population of young children. He loves them. He's just so excited because of all the love he wants to give them. Um, so probably not, I think he's just, an average dog, but he's an awesome dog, and he's my first dog that I've owned on my own. And um, couldn't imagine my life without him. He's awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh. Well, Megan and I love connecting with title holders who share similar passions for the autism community. And what are some suggestions that you can share for our viewers so that they can become involved with their own communities? Sure, I would say volunteer. Whatever your passion is, run with it and volunteer. I was fortunate where I did a lot of volunteering in high school, so I knew exactly what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with, and that was the disability community and those with special needs. I actually started volunteering with the Easter Seals when I was a senior in high school, and I've stuck with them. I volunteered with them for, I think, two or three years after that. And then I transitioned into being a staff member for them. And now I've worked my way up to being in the office and actually having that as a grown-up job. Um, so sticking with that, but also volunteering, then you know exactly who and what you're working with. Um, I have ran into people even at college and they're studying education or special education or disability services. And they've never worked with that population before, which is very eye-opening because I know that I wouldn't be where I am without having that and that confirmation that this is what God put me on this earth to do and what I want to spend the rest of my life doing and loving to do. So I think that that was very eye-opening, but I would say volunteer. It's the easiest way. You have fun, you learn what you love to do, and hopefully you can stick with it or pick up a new hobby from it. Right. And through your involvement in volunteering in your community, you've certainly found your passion in helping the disability community and those with autism. So something that we've spoken to you a lot about is the education and awareness pieces. So your social impact is titled Early Autism Awareness, and it focuses so much on that early intervention and early detection piece. But another thing that all three of us work on as title holders is to really hone in on that acceptance piece. So what is some advice that you could share with our viewers so that they can practice acceptance in their everyday life? I said it during our other interview, and I'd love to say it again, keep an open mind, no matter who you come in contact with, no matter what opinions they have, no matter what lifestyle they have, my motto is live and let live. And I think that goes 
with every aspect of life is to keep an open mind and that helps with acceptance. You may not understand it, you may not like it, but it is what it is and it's all about having an open mind and staying positive. I love that. Yeah, that's a great message. And as we're continuing to go on for another year, um, which has been an unexpected yet really great outcome of what has happened in the world with the current events, what are your some goals for this next year as Miss Greater Juniata Valley? And maybe have you extended some of the previous goals that you've had or are you kind of changing your mindset? Where is your head at right now? Sure. So I have some super exciting things in the works for my social impact initiative. Unfortunately, COVID kind of put a stop on it because there are a lot more pressing issues going on in the world. Um, but I think that this is still something that I'm going to support and I'm going to still promote and get the word out. So be on the lookout for all those super exciting updates and follow my social media at Miss Greater Juniata Valley 2020 on Facebook and Instagram. And we will also make sure to tag that in our caption below so it's easy, easily accessible to continue following your journey. Um, so I wanted to bring back this idea that we kind of touched upon before. Um, you mentioned a little bit in one of your discussions with us that there are a lot of misconceptions and stereotypes that arise whenever working with either children or adults on the autism spectrum. So what are some of the things that you think as a public service advocate need to be changed about those misconceptions or to clarify for anyone watching? I was asked this on stage a few years ago is what is the major misconception? And I said that people think those with autism are not intelligent. They have different words that they use to describe them, which makes me cringe that that's the world that we're living in and that's where acceptance comes into play. But people with autism are some of the smartest people I've ever encountered. They know exactly what they're talking about. My cousin Jake loves weather. He can tell you the ins and outs of weather, what degrees it is in Antarctica right now compared to Pennsylvania and different parts of Pennsylvania. He knows every single radio station, what the slogan is, and what music they play on it. He will ask you, what songs do you like? He'll name off a few of his favorites. And also, they're so kind. They're so kind. I've never met an individual with a disability who hasn't been kind and hasn't been loving and grateful. And people not being accepting of them and calling them names or having these ideas about them breaks my heart. So if there's anything that I would want people to know about them is that they're capable of so much. They just have to have someone there in their life who's willing to push them and work with them, have that patience and that acceptance. Exactly, and you know, that's where we come into play so as future professionals, even beyond if we're Miss America title holders, we will continuously advocate for this community. But, you know, change really starts to happen once we get other people invested in our mission with us. So we are so fortunate to be working in this position as Miss America title holders, but hopefully as future professionals as well. Mm -hmm. And I love that you embody 
the spirit of optimism because that's really important as health professionals. But just as we're going through this process of uh, our current world situation, we have to remain hopeful and remain optimistic of what's to come. And a lot of people are worried about this coming year. So we really want to focus on the positive aspects of our life, um, especially during this time of uncertainty. So what is one thing that you're looking forward to or are thankful for uh, for this coming year? Anything that you would like to share with our audience in your personal life or maybe in your professional life? Sure. So I just started my first day of work today. I was super excited and super blessed. Um, I know that it's really hard to find jobs, especially in the world that we're living in today with COVID. Not a lot of people are hiring. So I was very blessed to come out of my internship with a job opportunity, continuing my work and hopefully creating a better lifestyle and a more fun lifestyle for individuals with disabilities. Um, working with the Easter Seals, we have a lot of super exciting events coming up, super exciting ideas and programs that are in the works. So I'm super blessed that I'm able to be able to work with them and be able to have a hand and say in some of the things that are happening in our community. And I'm also teaching dance this year, which I'm also excited for. And dance classes are going to be in person as of right now. So they are starting, I believe I start teaching on the 12th which is coming up in a few weeks. So I'm excited to see all the kids and to get to know them a little bit more and to teach them all kinds of things. And dance is something that I loved growing up and something that I've carried into my experience as a Miss America title holder um, and something that I carry in everyday life. So hopefully I'll be able to expand that and hopefully get them to be as passionate as I am about it. If nothing else, hopefully they have a good workout doing it. <laughs> Congratulations on all of your accomplishments, Abby. I wanted to ask a little bit more about um, another question here, but first, before I get into that, I wanna know a little bit more about Easter Seals. Could you explain a little bit about what that organization is and what your role will be going forward? Sure, so we have locations across the United States and in Canada, um, and the Easter Seals works with individuals with disabilities. They have all kinds of different programs going on. If you are looking for any services for your child, look to the Easter Seals. We have housing um, opportunities available. We have job opportunities available for those with disabilities. We also, my department works with the REC um, aspect of it. So we have all kinds of different camps that we hold. We have different programs. Adaptive water sports is really cool. Um, we do have an adaptive ski clinic that we do. We have day camps. There's also a center, um, uh, early childhood center that we have, and there's just different locations across Pennsylvania. I believe one is also, we have one in Pittsburgh and one at Penn State. So we do have a few throughout the state and we work with them, but we're mainly the rec side of things. So I get to have fun every day and I get to program different kinds of games, um, coordinate with different campsites and really just have fun while I work. And that was something that was really important to me was being able to have a job where I do something different every single day. And so that's what also why I chose to pursue occupational therapy as well. That's awesome. I always say, um, choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. That's and that true. fits perfectly with that. Yes. <laughs> but my yeah. question for you was, you know, we talked a little bit about how 
to get the common public invested in this autism awareness and acceptance campaign, if you will. And the Easter Seals is a very great resource to tap into. So thank you for explaining a little bit more about that organization. Um, but outside of Easter Seals, what are some resources that you have that you kind of go to to learn more about autism? Maybe that's a book or a podcast or a show that the common public can listen to, read, or watch so that they can learn more about the disorder as well. Sure. So I think there's a lot of great TV shows um, that are coming up, and I really only try and watch TV shows that actually have if they're portraying someone with autism, the actor or actress actually is diagnosed with autism. I think that's something super important and something that we talked a lot about in some of our classes was nowadays there are so many people in our community and something about being inclusive and accepting is having actors instead of being portrayed, having them actually come in with their diagnosis and being themselves. Because if you want to portray someone with autism, why would you have someone else act that out and, and not make fun of them, but try and showcase what they do compared to having someone with a disability as the actor or actress. So I try and only watch those shows. So there are a great um, number of them. And then I also like to look on Autism Speaks. There are a lot of articles that are coming out. Autism Speaks is always doing more research, keeping you up to date on some of the different facts. Um, and then also I turn to Google and I look at some of the news, mm -hmm. some of the educational publications, um, and just try and read and keep up that way. Now that COVID has kind of taken over the news, it's starting to slow down, but I'm looking forward to being able to find some more of those resources and more of those shows and TV shows. I totally agree with you that we need to see more authentic representation within social media. That's something that has been advocated for for a long time from those who are on the spectrum. So I'm really glad that we're starting to see more of that. Um, yeah. And not just with autism, but multiple different disabilities, because I, I've come to notice that sometimes we'll see someone, a character who has a disability and it's not spoken about and some people like including my friends think oh it must be autism because that's what we see the most on tv but mm -hmm. it would be really great to see more different types of disabilities on tv to just raise awareness that there's so many there's so much diversity out there as far as ability level and uh, it would be really great to get more exposure on that of course um, as we wrap up today, I wanted to get to know how you have become the successful person that you are as far as any productivity tips or productivity hacks that you have to share with us, especially since we've all been students while also managing part-time jobs or being an MAO title holder. How do you manage all of that? What has helped you become the success that you are? I am very much a list person. I need to make three or four different lists a day, sometimes broken up by different hours or different things that need to get done. And the top is the top priority and it works itself down. Sometimes I do feel though that I get frustrated with myself if I don't finish everything on my to-do list. But I know tomorrow is a brand new day. Those things that I put off a little bit or didn't have time to focus on, I put them at the top. So things just consistently get done. I have been slacking a little bit lately, but I am definitely getting back on it. And I made a list this morning. So that's the first thing I do. I wake up, I make my list, I have a glass of water, and then I start my day. 
I'm a list person as well. So I can totally understand, you know, that anxiety or um, pressure that you feel if you don't get everything crossed off at the end of the day. Um, but it, it, I think that lends to saying that we just have to give ourselves a little bit of grace, especially in this crazy time. So we all know that you being the success that you are, you will get those things accomplished. And we very much look forward to what all you'll continue to accomplish for this autism community. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your insight and your journey with us. We hope that everybody watching enjoyed it just as much as we did. And please make sure to follow Abby on her social media and at her website, which will be linked in the caption below. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you next week on Spectrum Sundays.